we're running a little long, uh, but <laughs> I want going. to. I mean, look, folks, we've got some good content, and I am absolutely not going to uh, chop Mr. Bagley's segment. So we're jumping right in. Taylor, why don't you close us out and let's have a nice, healthy discussion on Secure the Bag with Taylor Bagley? I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll try to give you guys the abridged version here. I appreciate me uh, being able to join the show and uh, come talk to you guys about this. But um, yeah, today's Secure the Bag episode is uh, kind of a follow-up on a story that we covered uh, a few months back um, here on the same show. And I I think we we talked about it in a couple other areas. Um, But Bob Iger uh, returning to the helm at Disney, um, I I think that we had opened up the doors to speculation when we first first uh, started talking about this uh, back in, uh, I want to say it was January, um, and, and you know, really kind of discussing what we thought maybe some of the reasons for his departure as CEO were. Um, for those of you catching up, uh, you know, roughly a few months ago, Bob Iger stepped down as CEO from Disney, um, passing the reins off to um, Bob Shapik, who was the former uh, Parks and Resorts uh, business chief. So uh, he could kind of take a fuller role into leading the company a little bit forward. Um so now we see a complete reversal here on that where Bob Iger is back in this seat. And uh, um, we actually have a lot more answers as to that. I mean, it is in direct response to uh, COVID-19's impact on the company itself, where we have seen, um, you know, a- analysts have, have uh, kind of – put up numbers, you know, saying that they could, you know, have lost anything from, you know, $500 million in just the month of March alone up to, uh, you know, almost $5 billion uh, if, if this were to, you know, last throughout here in the year. Um, so I think some of the more hard facts that we want to look at are, you know, what what has the company really been struggling with and going through at this time that, uh, you know, kind of put them in this sort of area of turmoil. Um, and really a lot of that has to do with their parks and cruise lines who have, uh, uh, you know, been shut down here, obviously, um, since the, you know, pandemic has uh, been spread. Um from Walt Disney World in Florida, it's announced that it had furloughed uh, 43,000 employees uh, beginning April 19th, and then Disneyland California is furloughing another 30,000 uh, employees. So, um, you know, there's a big hit there on uh, the parks itself. You know, there's a big hit there on the cruise lines. And then, um, you know, additionally, like you guys had mentioned here in some of these other segments, you know, uh, Disney owns ESPN, which has um, obviously taken a big step back here as the sports world kind of ground to a halt, um, you know, looking at some of the uh, different ways that they can use their model as a company to help, you know, um, push things like esports and other types of, uh, uh, you know, I guess viewers uh, to, to kind of come back to that platform, I, I know has been a big focus for them. And then, uh, then the motion picture world as well, you know, a lot of bigger films, uh, things like Milan, uh, Marvel's uh, Black Widow, and uh, the uh, Dwayne Johnson movie Jungle Cruise coming up have all been pushed back, you know, putting a, a huge strain on on that part of their business as well. Um, 
so yeah, a, a tough time for Disney, uh, a kind of a an up in the air uh, moment for them as a company, which is not uh, not been the case, I don't think, in my lifetime ever. <laughs> you know, to see um, you know the, a company of that size, specifically Disney themselves, you know, kind of have to um, decide how to move forward. So, um, will Disney be able to move forward and secure the bag as they always have? Um, you know, we'll we'll have to stick around and see on that. I know that that's a mantra here of a lot of our shows, but uh, um, yeah, it's it's a very uh, interesting spot to be in, not a place that I think a lot of us have seen, you know, that company specifically being in in the past um, and having two shifts of leaders in such a quick amount of time, I think is, you know, a, a really um, symptomatic of, of what we're all dealing with right now. Well, I, for one, am uh, always excited to see B- Big Bobby Iggs, you know, back in charge at, at Disney. Um, so, but you, you're totally right to point out some of the, some of the big questions that surround you know, the future of Disney and how things are going. And, and obviously, you know, the, the furloughs and the, the massive layoffs and that sort of thing are really disheartening and disappointing. And and you're right, a lot of huge blockbuster films that I think that they were relying on, counting on to kind of be, you know, the, the thing that continues to push Disney forward um, mm-hmm. has... Uh, like the, those being put on hold, I think obviously like has a has a massive dent on things. And then you're 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 right to bring up the ESPN example as well. I think ESPN is banking really really big that a lot of people are going to come back and watch their their NFL draft coverage this week because um, it's the first kind of taste of something that normally happens during the sports world that's actually going to happen um, during this time. And so I'm, I'll be curious to see what the numbers for that are and how many people tune in. I think there's going to be a massive appetite for just something sports related. Mm -hmm. So I'll be curious to see what exactly comes out of that. And, you know, if eventually like depending on how long this lasts and, and kind of what the ramifications are, if Disney doesn't pivot a little bit more towards, you know, uh, not releasing these big blockbuster films in, in theaters necessarily, but, you know, finding other ways to release them that also generates revenue, whether it's, you know, you have to, uh, you know, you have to go through a Disney Plus subscription and then rent it somehow or something like that Mm -hmm. just to eventually get some kind of return on investment. Maybe it's worth sitting on these films for however long it takes to get that huge bump that you're going to get when they do release in theaters. I do think that whenever things fully reopen um, and, and life returns to whatever normal looks like after this, uh, that there is going to be that big explosion of people going out to restaurants and like just dying to get out of the house and go see mm-hmm. movies, go do things. So maybe it's worth sitting on. But I'll, I, again, like you mentioned, it's it does seem to be a theme of ours. We'll see what happens. But I'm yeah. very curious <laughs> to see what happens. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that the big takeaway, too, is just that it's... Uh, I think we see the volatility and the um, vulnerability of even these large media giant models. You know, um, sometimes you think some people and some organizations are just too big to fail or they're too strong and, uh, you know, self-reliant to to be, um, um, you know, subject to. Uh, you know, something like this. And uh, yeah, you know, um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's disheartening. I think that we'll come out to see a different Disney um, when this is all said and done. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll remain to see. I mean, obviously they've been able to, you know, withstand uh, the test of time for, for many, many years, many decades, generations, you know, I'm, I'm sure that my uh, children will grow up with Disney as well. So uh, I, I don't think that this is it for the house of mouse, but we might have a very, uh, you know, different look 
looking uh, world of Disney coming out of uh, this uh, when, when it's all said and done. Yeah. And last thing I want to say is just the the tangential Disney properties, quite literally, they're, they're physical um, theme parks. Those, I think, are going to be the ones that are going to have the biggest shift to public perception mm-hmm. and um, potentially might be affected like the most uh, the most tangibly. You'll be able to see and track a before and after. Um, I just don't think that theme parks and large public spaces are going to come back in the same way. Mm-hmm. I think uh, whether that is on behalf of the companies themselves making new practices that uh, keep people more distance from each other or they slowly roll out at lower capacity or mm-hmm. whether it's going to be consumer led where people stop going to these parks they don't trust them as much or they start going to the parks you know everyone starts wearing a mask now in large public uh spaces like a theme park um or they might just be demanding and might boycott or they might just say you know we don't want to go unless there's like you make the lines longer with uh, and not, right. and not like don't make me wait in line longer but like put six feet between me and the person in front and behind me um i know there are a lot of digital tools that help make that happen we actually spoke to someone um on a skype call head to our website and look up the conversation we did with the experience ticket peter rodbro um mm-hmm. they give a digital solution to uh basically remove uh physical lines from Uh, theme parks and instead do a a kind of digital queuing that is um, seamless, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Just go go listen to how he breaks Mm -hmm. it down. I don't want to misrepresent exactly what the technology is. But basically all I'm saying is I think the parks themselves are going to be the ones that we're going to be able to track the before and after a little more Mm -hmm. clearly. And uh, I'm interested to see how parks change socially and um, logistically after this pandemic. Absolutely. And I think we'll see that that spread into a lot of different industries and areas. You know, I mean, it's what will probably be at a point where we have regulations on um, just healthcare, sanitization, things in general that uh, are just not what we normally understand. You know, it might be something that is a regulation or mandated to, you know, if somebody sits down at a table that when they get up, it needs to be clean, needs to be sanitized immediately before you can be served to somebody else. Um, you know, even certain things like, you know, self-serve drink systems, you know, might not be um, as prevalent. You know, there's, I, I think there's a large landscape of, of items that, that we kind of interact with in our daily life that might have a, a, a big shift. Um, I think that digital tech companies, anything like you were saying, to digitize our interfaces with, um, you know, hardware and people are, are going to um, definitely boom. Um, so yeah, you know, this, this will be, I think, uh, uh, an indicator, an indicator of how a ton of different industries are going to move forward. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. 